If you love scratches from the Virginia Lottery, you'll love the high roller blackjack scratcher with a chance to win up to 10 times your prize. Look for it at your favorite Virginia Lottery retailer. In fact, you can drive there right now. Now that's an everyday win. Odds of winning any prize, 1 in 4.16. If you love scratches from the Virginia Lottery, you'll love the high roller blackjack scratcher with a chance to win up to 10 times your prize. Look for it at your favorite Virginia Lottery retailer. In fact, you can drive there right now. Now that's an everyday win. Odds of winning any prize, 1 in 4.16. Hello, everyone. I know I posted on social media earlier before uh, this episode was published that I had a confession to make, and I felt it was important to just get this out of the way. It's something that's just been, you know, nagging in my brain. And it, I, honestly, I feel just feel horrible about the actions that I've um, committed. And I, I just feel like I need to get it off my chest. And I just want to be, you know, true to my audience and just, um, and I, I just need to, anyway, let me, let me just tell you what happened. So I was in Walmart and as a truck driver, I, you know, I need to replenish my supplies, need to get more water and more food, um, to put in the cooler and all that, just typical stuff. And uh, I just, so I made my regular trip to Walmart and, Got everything I needed for the most part. They still don't have disinfectant wipes. But anyway, um, I was able to check out and got through, you know, through Walmart really with no issue. You know, um, you know, some people wear masks, some not. So, but um, everything went smoothly and was able to get to my truck and put all the groceries back in, back in, the, you know back in the truck got my water and all that and just um i'm sorry i'm I'm a little flustered right now because i'm really uh, the i i can't believe what i did what i did and i I just i feel like i need to let you know and i'm sorry i I, when i tell you this i i just want you to know how truly sorry i am for doing this but I, i just need to tell you that I failed to put the shopping cart back in the stall. of America. Here's the podcast where we talk politics, a little entertainment, some culture, and this and that from the road to your ears. This is Trend Chat with your host, Brian Bledsoe. (laughs) And welcome to Trend Chat. I am your host, Brian Bledsoe. And if you want to connect with us, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, for the time being. Um, it's all the same name at Trend Chat 24-7. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, um, look, I'm, I was being real about that, because, <laughs> about that intro, because, I mean, it, it really was something now I'm still thinking about now. Because, it, I mean, if you don't know, Shame on on you if you don't, because I've mentioned before on the podcast, one of my pet peeves is that people that don't put shopping carts back in the stall. And and I'm just 
can't get over the fact that I was one of those people <laughs> a couple of days ago. Now, I, I mean, if I want to justify why I didn't, um, I don't feel like I need to. <laughs> I, I should because I, I remember there was like a shopping cart theory that went viral back in May, basically saying, um, uh, judging your character based on if you put the shopping carts in the stall or not, or if you just leave it where you, wherever you want. But anyway, if I want to guess, give a little caveat to why I didn't, I mean, one, I parked in the back of Walmart and there wasn't a shopping stall on all the way in the front. There wasn't one for like a, a long way. It was a long walk and it was really hot. I was in Iowa. It was hot. I mean, yeah, yeah, it was like 90, but it was the, it was humid. So I was really sweating. Anyway, that's not a, no, that no, I'm not going to accept my own excuse. I shouldn't, yeah, I should have put it back. And it's something I'm still still thinking about right now. That was a couple of days ago. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh thank you for listening to Trend Chat. I don't know if this is your first time listening and so I don't talk about shopping carts um often, so it might be the last time unless I, you know, see someone else do it but now i'm gonna feel a little guilty and <laughs> chastising someone for not doing it because i've done it once and now i feel guilty so <laughs> um, so um we're going to talk with justin malone and talk about his um, new film uh, uncle tom and um it's gonna it's a pretty um it's a great interview um first off i, I guess i want to just apologize a little bit for my audio because for some reason I had the levels um, to the point the way it sounded like I'm screaming in the microphone, but I try to fix it as much as possible. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm really upset. Now I'm truly upset about my, with myself about that. That's how how I um, did the audio on that. But um, before we get to that, actually, <laughs> um, I, well, I'm not going to get to that now. But because <laughs> I I had a new segment that I was thinking about doing, which you, this may be the you know one and only time we'll do it, but I think I do this after um, I mentioned this because uh, recent news has come out, especially in Texas, that the Republican Party of Texas convention, which will uh, to be held in Houston next week, has um, as of right now been canceled by the mayor Sylvester Turner, and but you know. It's been canceled at the convention center, but it's a fluid situation that's going on. Who knows what's, I mean, as we're recording, things may have changed. But as of yesterday, he, uh, Mayor Turner put out, um, in the press conference that, um, he basically just found a way to have the convention canceled. Now, Wolf, I've mentioned this a number of times on the podcast that, um, Pretty much every major city is is run by Democrats. So I felt I almost felt like it was just uh, redundant to mention that he was a Democrat. But, you know, just want to make it known. Yes, he's a Democrat mayor. And um, to say politics is not playing a part in this is I I can't deny that it's not somewhere. I know that not only him, but just across the country, mayors and governors are are eager to use uh, the um, the excuse of public safety. And yeah, that may be a part of it, but um, I'm pretty sure the power that they're um, able to wield by just screaming pandemic 
is a very tempting and i think some are just um are reveling in it right now and you know i'm pretty sure given from what the mayor has said the mayor down in houston has said before i I, i'm just gonna say like i don't know obviously i'm not in the room no knowing not privy to any private conversations with him but i'm i i think that he's probably taking particular pleasure in counseling the convention and especially doing it so close to the time uh, right before we were about to meet next week and just basically putting the the Republican Party of Texas in, you know, trying to be as disruptive as, as possible. And so, like I said, I just feel that's I feel that's how um, how he's doing things right now. And he just kind of just doing as much as possible to this to disrupt uh, the Republicans as much as possible. So. But uh, like I said, as of right now, this is a you know it is an ever changing <laughs> issue right now, and so who knows what is by the end of the day, if, uh, what has changed, and maybe the location changes or do some, do a virtual um, convention. I mean, I'm a delegate um, for the convention, so I've been listening to updates from the chairman. Um, James Dickey, uh, who we, we've had on a couple of times. And uh, I, I was thinking about asking about uh, to have him on, but I, I really didn't want to because I know not only with just with everything with Mayor Turner and all of that, and just also with all the, all the things they've done to try to uh, accommodate what the mayor, you know, demanded as far as spacing and make sure everyone is social distance away, away from each other. And so the Republican party of Texas has ex- pretty much doubled the size of the beating space and all that. So like I said, that being said, like I said, all that, all that is in motion right now. So who knows by next episode, who knows what we're, where we'll be at. But, um, I would just kind of go back to, I guess the broader subject of, you know, these mayors and, and governors, Democrat and Republican alike that are just, um, I, I feel like they, they got a, a taste of what, um, unfettered power kind of feels like. Cause everyone is kind of, is kind of gripped for the most part, a, a good, a good number of people, a high percentage is not a majority of people or kind of held by, you know, this fear of uh, the coronavirus and not saying that it's nothing to fear at all. But um, but I feel like um, a lot of these mayors and governors and regardless of they're Republican or Democrat are just uh, kind of really using their power and just really taking advantage of the time right now. And I really I wonder after all this is over where we're going to be as a country where you know a lot of these powers that they've afforded themselves are are they just are they going to relinquish those powers or are they going to try to hold on to them by just not like they're not going to relinquish the power but they're just not going to mention it even though it'll still be on the books somewhere and all of that so i'm not optimistic I'm very pessimistic, actually, that um, a lot of these 
you know, authorities are going to uh, walk back those the powers that the people have uh, given to them because either by just outright in support, <clears throat> in support, but and also in not really, you know, fighting back against um, all of this. So, <clears throat> and I mean, like I said, I, I said uh, Democrat and Republican alike. But, you know, for Democrats, this is, you know, they don't really have to worry about any pushback from their constituents. I mean, or um, have to really, I guess, um, guess to have a, a, a facade that they're doing something else as opposed to what they're really doing. Because, okay, I mean, for Democrats, this is their dream, you know, <laughs> for uh, Democrats to you know have this over, overwhelming truly oppressive government power not the oppressive power that you know like black lives matter and all these in in these protests claiming about oppression of the this the power that they're talking about that they're using this pandemic for that's that can be real oppressive so but yeah this is a dream for the democrats this is like oh we can just do what we want we can have this you uh, know this just overarching power over people and just all we got to do is screen pandemic and everyone just falls, it <laughs> falls in line. But, um, but on the other side for Republicans, I would say either they're showing their true colors of how they want to govern or they're leading by fear, you know, cause I, I've mentioned that before too. Some, some of these, um, Republican governors and mayors or, or whatnot, or just people in, in authority, or probably just um, leading by fear of perception in the media or just fear of, of like liability. If someone becomes sick and they feel like they didn't do enough that they may, um, may face legal action or just repercussions at the ballot box. It could be fearing that if, if we're perceived as not doing enough, then we're probably going to get voted out. Um, you know, regardless of, how uh whether it um you know infringes on rights or nothing so that's not really as important which unfortunately that's kind of proven to be true because people are kind of really um have not having as much of a problem i mean obviously there's plenty of people who are vocal against it but um there there are plenty of people who are willing to just you know give up a lot of rights and, and this we've seen that in the past couple of months and so we're not so now we're we're at this point so they're making the calculation to um to take the risk and just you know do whatever they whatever they want all in the name of public safety and it's i would say it's going to work um will people remember all of this when it comes time to whenever their election is up who, who knows? Um, history has, ta has taught us that we have very short memories. <laughs> so, um, I, but then again, it just I guess it depends on how much it affects enough people to the point to where they will keep remembering that and that they were like, okay, we, we don't want this person, um, um, in this, in this position because of what they did back in the first, in the first half of 2020 or, or the whole year of 2020. So, so that's, um, like I said, 
with the convention, well, I guess we'll find out what's um what's up there. And by next week, I guess we'll do an episode. I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure we'll do one. Just where we're going to do it at, I guess it's more the issue. So, <clears throat> but I don't know. We'll we'll see. And I guess I'll let y'all know next week what's going on there at, at least. So before we get to our next segment, which like I said, I'm, I was thinking of this segment for a while. Um, well, not re- not really, but we'll, we'll try it out. It may be the first and only time I just wanted to, uh, to try this out. But before that, let's hear a word from young Americans against socialism. Hey guys, this is Morgan Zeggers, the founder and CEO of Young Americans Against Socialism. We are a nonprofit organization working to preserve a free, fair, and prosperous America for generations to come, all by equipping our generation with the truth about socialism. If you're interested in watching our educational videos, donating to the cause, joining the Ask Coalition, or becoming a contributor, you can do all of these things at fightsocialism.org. We hope you'll join us in this crucial fight for the future of our great country. Thanks! Hey everybody, it is Chad Prather, host of the Chad Prather Show. You are listening to Trend Chat with my man, Brian Bledsoe. Come on with it. Trend Chat is proud to be a part of the Hashtag Life Tribe of Cultural Life as they seek to celebrate life through the world of fashion. Go to col1972.com and get 10% off your purchase when you enter the code TRENDCHAT. All right. So, um, <laughs> you know, that, and hearing from Chad Prather, I mean, that could be our future governor. So I'm definitely going to keep that on. <laughs> um, I mean, if you don't know, I think last week, Chad said he's running for governor and he wasn't joking. I mean, he says right, you know, right now that they're, that they're in a, you know, exploratory phase of it, but you know, he, he was for real. So, Hey, that, you know, that could be coming from our governor in the next two years. So hopefully we'll get a chance to speak with him before then, or either go on a show or, or whatnot. Um, so, you know, <laughs> um, in the past couple of months, this I know the the joke has kind of been is almost feel like when the um, the game of Jumanji, <laughs> and like you know, given that this is July, this will be the seventh level of Jumanji <laughs> with everything that's been going on with the pandemic and everything. It kind of feels that way, you know. Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700. 
833-687-0700. Protest riots, and I mean, just feel like murder hornets. I mean, it was just like, what's next? <laughs> I was thinking like it feels like the you know seven plagues are going to start or something. Anyway, I know when um, at the beginning of July, people were asking, okay, what's <laughs> what's coming up for July? What is going to be the 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 story what's going to be the catastrophe or whatever (laughs) that's going to happen in july and what's going to be the story in this month and um i would just say i guess we kind of got it on july 4th on not and i'm not talking about the reprehensible um you know stuff that was going on outside of the white house where you had uh groups like antifa and black lives matter out there um stomping and burning the um, the American flag and all that, that, um, just reprehensible garbage that they would, um, doing out there. Not really talking about that. What also happened on July 4th is Kanye West announced that he's running for president. So there, there it is. That's, that is the surreal moment of July so far. I mean, right now we're in the middle of July, who knows what's going to happen. But as of right now, I think that would be the, the big story, the story of July, especially if it, turns to be something real where he actually runs <laughs> um but who who knows who who really knows i mean i know he put it out there and all that and you know if it's really going to happen yeah it yeah 50 50 if not less than that uh, on top of the fact that he can't even be on all on on, on every ballot when they in the ballot in every state because the deadline has passed, but who knows? Maybe you may be able to get around that. Um, so, but, um, uh, well, you know, I guess it'd probably be a write-in or something. Who, I don't know. I, I, I'm not even really going. I didn't even really look up and see if he really had not a chance to be on all. Because I honestly don't know if he's going to, um, is this really something he's going to do? Or was he just doing it to get, you know, a, a reaction, which he did. And, um. Because I think the last thing I saw, he hasn't hasn't fou- filed anything with the Federal Elections Commission. So uh, until you start seeing paperwork, that's when it's it's getting real. So, um, but yeah, if it <laughs> if he runs, um, I, I think it will hurt Biden in the end. I mean, with I guess with the black vote in a sense, um, in particular, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm okay with, you know, if the, if Kanye West runs and I, and I would think it would take away some of that black vote from him. Okay. I, I am certainly don't want any, <laughs> um, any part or any chance of a Biden administration. So, <laughs> so if that's what happens, if, uh, if Kanye West turns out to be like, you know, in, I guess, um, people will perceive as like Ross Perot, what he did to, um, George HW Bush. Um, so if it would be something like that, okay. <laughs> long as thing, long as Biden ain't in the white house, I really don't care. <laughs> so, so, um, like I said, we got, we got our interview with Justin Malone. We're going to have that coming up, but um, we're not going to do going to do our inventory update. Well, you know what? Matter of fact, why not? Let's go ahead and do it because, um, as I mentioned in the beginning, I, I did go to Walmart. So, and I guess I can give a, a quick one in, in particular. Um, I guess I don't 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 know. Let me see. Yeah. So, 
Alright. And done. Alright. Yeah, so alright. Um in my intro I did say we didn't I you know I didn't see any disinfectant wipes. So that is still something I still you know I don't see on the shelf. That is hard to find. Um as far as also disinfectant spray is still hard to find. So kind of go back to the other episodes in the beginning of all this you know and like i said as a truck driver i, I would recommend if you are looking for any of these items because it's not like they're not on the shelf uh, you know because w- when i go there i see where they used to be because you will see the box <laughs> that was on the shelf where <laughs> but the box is empty so they, it was there <laughs> it just like i said it's normally stocked early in the morning and so if you're looking for that your best bet is to go in the morning um as soon as so i'm saying walmart because they're the one you know that opens around six or seven some do the the senior citizen hour first and then let everyone in i don't every all of them are different so you just got to check your local you know retailer whether it's walmart target or whatever um so yeah your best bet is to try in the morning because the one thing I'm still, it's difficult to find anywhere. I don't care where I'm at is uh, disinfectant wipes and disinfectant spray. Hand sanitizer is pretty much on the shelf. Uh, you got all different brands. You got new brands that you haven't seen before on, um, on the shelf now. So I, you're pretty, um, pretty sure to find some there. I mean, some of, uh, some of the stores still have it where you can only get, um, um, one per customer and all that so um so yeah i guess that's yeah that's the the inventory update so that's a whole nother sound that is not right producer (laughs) cutting that off so anyway now i want to get to this before i get to the interview because after this then we're going to get to our interview and as we want to make a daily Oh, I said daily, weekly <laughs> um, segment as far as shouting out our locations that are listening to Trend Chat. And so I definitely want to keep doing this because every time I see this, yes, and that is the right sound for that. So, um, so, and this, this time we have, <clears throat> for one, so the states in general, um first of all let's start with international obviously you, you know united states is you know the overwhelming majority at 91 percent. but we have a new country which i never seen before is peru so peru is listening so if you're listening in peru thank you for listening like share subscribe as well as everyone else also mexico so that's it for the past week so peru and mexico um, as far as the international goes now um, within the states starting at at number 10 Grapevine Texas which is great I appreciate everyone in Grapevine listening that's in a you know Dallas Fort Worth area North Texas um, then the Kansas City Missouri appreciate you listening and Bayboro North Carolina no, I don't know where that is but North Carolina thanks for listening and then um well, then we actually go international again because then the next um, city is Lima, Peru. So I guess there are people in Lima 
of all in you know of all places in Peru is particularly Lima that's listening. So then the next is Lincoln, Nebraska, which has been on there uh, consistently. So so and Longmont, Longmont, Colorado, and Spring Hill, Florida, Tomball, Texas. Don't know exactly. I don't know if I pronounced that right, but uh, Westminster, California, and at number one for this week, well, last week is L.A., Los Angeles, California. So yes, if you're, um, you know, anyone listening in L.A., listen, you know, to listen in the trend chat, um, I, you know, especially if uh, Matt, oh, cut that, cut that off right quick, man. <laughs> Just want to actually. For the people listening in L.A. in particular, I just want to say if uh, go back and listen to the very beginning of that of this episode. And, um, you know, uh, I, I, I hope my acting um, came across as believable. And, and, and if so, you know, uh, send an email. Trenchat247 at Gmail dot com. Um, I'm pretty much available you know, anytime. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, yeah, those are um, all the um, international and um city uh state so as i said before if you want your city shout out in the top 10 because you got to like share and subscribe in your town in your city um to build up those numbers to get a shout out and if you're you know in another country as well um yeah so all right um just wanted to get that out you know, I had a, a segment that I said I was going to talk about, but we have, we're going, we're going on 30 minutes. So I'm going to hold that off until next episode. Matter of fact, cause we kind of almost kind of did it anyway in the beginning. So I'm going to hold it off, um, <laughs> for another time. So matter of fact, we're going to get straight into it. And again, I want to say about the audio, which I am. I'm disappointed in myself in this, but it's just difficult for me to, to adjust the levels while I'm doing the interview. Just want to put that out there because, um, there's nothing wrong with, uh, Justin's audio. Uh, Justin sounds great. Matter of fact, and, and I, I'm particularly proud of the, of the interview and as a whole, unfortunately, my audio sounds horrible. Um, but you can understand it, but I just, it, it, it sounds like I'm like, I am screaming in the microphone and anyway, <laughs> Um, just want to put that out there, but, um, hopefully that doesn't take away too much from, from your listening, um, experience. So without further ado, here is our interview with Justin. Hello, Mr. Trinchat. And we are very pleased to have Justin Malone with us. He has a new documentary out called Uncle Tom, which is excellent. I saw it recently and like I said, we're pleased to have him on to talk more about the film and, uh, see about, um, everything else is going on. So, how you doing, Justin? Doing, doing good. How are you, sir? I'm doing quite well. So, I guess first, what was the inspiration for uh, doing Uncle Tom? Uh, well, I think it was brought to my attention when Herman Cain ran for president, and I saw how the mainstream media treated him. And up until that point, I'd never seen the media talk to a black man on TV that way. And that's when I uh, learned that um, black Republicans and black conservatives were kind of fair game. And I just started paying attention then. I mean, that's when the seed was planted. And then obviously 
once uh, the 2016 election was underway. Um, I saw a lot of black conservatives emerging, um, a lot of a lot of vocal uh, black conservatives like Candace Owens and Brandon Tatum. And um, so I, I, I said, there's a story here. Um, and I just started uh, interviewing some local uh, black conservatives that I had found uh, through, uh, you know, a couple of contacts I had. And once I started interviewing uh, people, I realized that it was a it was a it was a fascinating story. So that was it. I mean, I would say that, the, yeah, that's when the seed was planted. When I saw how Herman Cain was talked to by Lawrence O'Donnell on MSNBC. And then, of course, as I researched, I went back and learned more about Clarence Thomas and, and so on and so forth. So, um, yeah, that's that's I would say that's when the seed was planted was around 2011 when I saw that interview. And so from that, you said um, you reached out to, you know, black conservatives or black Republicans out there. And and so how long was um, the whole process of filming? How long did that all take? Uh, I filmed, well, the whole process was about two years. Um, and a lot of that was, you know, going out and fundraising and, and you know, trying to get it made. Uh, I started in Dallas, which is where I'm from. And once we had interviewed uh, about four people, uh, Eugene, um, Ralph, Pastor Stephen Broden, and then Chad Jackson, um, I cut together um, about 11 minutes of like a teaser or just kind of like a proof of concept. And then uh, I went out to Los Angeles to see if I could uh, get it made. Um, I approached Jesse Lee Peterson and had a meeting with him. Uh, and it turns out that uh, Blexit, uh, that very first Blexit event was there uh, while I was in Los Angeles. So I was able to get in there and then I, I actually got backstage and met Candace Owens that day, let her know about the project um and then it just so happens uh larry elder had had contacted me back i had been trying to get a hold of larry for some time because he was obviously an interview i wanted to uh to, to get for the film and it just worked out so i interviewed larry elder um so i was starting to get my foot in the door and then i went off and and, and cut a little bit more and then came back to larry showed him what i was doing and that's when he um kind of wanted to get more involved and was asking like what I needed to do to get the film made. So that's when he kind of stepped in as a producer and helped me raise the funds. And then from that moment on, it was full time and, uh, took about 11 months to edit the film. Um, so that, that yeah, that was, that was kind of, uh, the, the process there. Um, but overall about two years. Oh, okay. I know, um, Two names in particular that you just mentioned there as far as Eugene Ralph and um, Larry Elder. Um, Larry Elder is someone I've been listening to um, for four years now, and I actually got a chance to meet him at the 2016 um, Republican National Convention in Cleveland. And um, we took a picture together, and when I went to see Uncle Tom in Dallas recently, I had that picture made, um, printed out, and I asked them to autograph it for me. <laughs> and um, and also in Eugene Ralph, I, I would consider him a, a mentor of mine. I would say if it wasn't for Eugene, I probably wouldn't be doing this podcast. I definitely wouldn't be doing a, a lot of what, I, what I've been doing the past 
10 years or so. And um, me and him, also, we received the Texas Conservative Award from Empower Texans this past December together. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, to, to see him on there, I didn't even know he was in it until I saw, like, the trailer. Like, he usually didn't even tell me that he was, <laughs> that he was in it. But um, <laughs> well, Eugene was one of the very first interviews I conducted. And okay. a, lot, a lot of time had passed. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> so he, he he had probably forgotten about it, to be honest with you. Uh, I kind of, you know, once I went out to California and then I went off to the East Coast to film, uh, when I got back to Texas, that's when I, I had contacted Chad Jackson, who ended up being the star of the film, who's a Dallas-based, uh, owns a, a plumbing company in Dallas-Fort Worth. So he didn't even realize what, what was going on until I had uh, – you know, called him and let him know that I thought the film was going to be a much bigger deal than we had anticipated and that we would gotten some heavy hitters in it. And that the and I, I could tell right away that the film was was going to be very uh, engaging and provocative just just from the early cuts. I, I knew I was on to something. So I kind of reached out to Chad, who, who really doesn't seek attention um, in this way and just kind of let him come in and start looking at rough cuts just to kind of gear him up for like, you know, cause I wanted to be respectful, but I, I knew once we got Herman Cain and Larry Elder was on and once we got Candace Owens, I, I knew that the film was probably going to get a lot of attention. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's funny cause in watching the film, I would say my story is similar to Chad as far as how he, um, I guess, I guess some say like the red pill moment and how they, it kind of was like an epiphany. Like for me, my story, which I've mentioned a number of times on the podcast, it just as far as like it's similar to Chad. But it will, but the time would be around uh, the end of two, uh, 2007, going into 2008. And um, but yeah, it's pretty much yeah, the similar to his. And something I wanted to ask is that. Well, you kind of alluded to just now is that, um, you know, Chad is kind of, you know, kind of the star of it. And I noticed that watching the film, it started with Chad and it ended with Chad. And I was wondering well, what was uh, behind that? Well, I mean, Chad was one of the very first interviews that we did. And his interview was just very powerful. Um, I remember when we when we finished. I would say that was the nail in the coffin of knowing that this was going to be my next film. If you love scratches from the Virginia Lottery, you'll love the high roller blackjack scratcher with a chance to win up to 10 times your prize. Look for it at your favorite Virginia Lottery retailer. In fact, you can drive there right now. Now that's an everyday win. Odds of winning any prize, 1 in 4.16. Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens. But you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700, 833-687-0700. Um, we, we, went, we met him at, a, at his warehouse, 
um, I think, uh, somewhere in Lancaster or somewhere out there. And the interview was just so powerful. And it was, it, you know, and I was kind of sticking my toe in the water. So, you know, I, I was, I had, a, you know, genuine curiosity. And it wasn't a big production. So I think Chad was comfortable. So his interview was just amazing. Pretty much all of the, I think we probably got an hour and 20 minutes with him. And whenever we were going through the footage, like his interviews were always just um, really good. Like his sound bites were just always really, really good. And as we got bigger and bigger names in there, Chad was still like hanging in there as far as just having kind of uh, the powerhouse sound bites and just a really genuine perspective. But it was when I interviewed uh, Colonel Allen West, um, where he basically, and it's in the film, but he he gives a short bio on Booker T. Washington. Now, I didn't know much about Booker T. Washington, but Colonel West had written the foreword for his autobiography of From Slavery. So at the end of the interview, he gave me an an autographed version of, of From Slavery. And I read it right away, and then I read it again. And what I noticed about Booker T. Washington is that it was all about his self. It was all about the work. Uh, he was all about putting in the work. And he really wasn't seeking the attention that he got. It was just kind of um, circum- you know, the circumstance of, of him being who he was. And so when I went back to Dallas and would film Chad, I noticed that Chad wasn't seeking that attention and that Chad was living the conservative principles that really all the other cast members are fighting for to educate people about. But I felt like Chad was was the goal. You know, he was he wasn't out. Uh, he, he, he was not a politician. He was not a celebrity. You know, he built a, a, a plumbing company from the from the ground up before he was 30. Um, he, to me, was was the um, was the example of what conservative values are. And so that when I was putting the film together, I really liked the idea of starting with him and seeing him work. You know, um, I grew up in a blue collar family and I, you know, I, I, I grew up working with my hands before I got into film. And there was just something about it. And, and so it was the Booker T like learning about Booker T Washington and, and just kind of the, just the basic fundamentals of just work, you know, uh, I thought it was a beautiful story. And so when we opened with it, uh, it kind of circled back around and, um, we had that last shot where, you know, the, you know, spoiler alert, but you know, the final shot when he's working, it just felt like the ending shot. So it, it just kind of worked out. We fleshed it out while we were editing it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would say that's why Chad is the main uh, the main subject of the film because he's I feel like he's the goal, you know. He's he's what he's what he uh, embodies conservative and Christian principles. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's your film. I mean, I guess you, if it's your film, you don't have to spoil alert. <laughs> Well, I just want to for any for anybody in your audience, I, you know, I really I really love the last shot. I really yeah, it, you know, I really think it's powerful. So I didn't want to, but well, well, I was being careful myself because that's all I just, I just said start and end it. I didn't want I didn't want to give away nothing if you didn't want to. So and um, but um, in talking about I guess the film and how it was um, made, 
is one thing in particular that, that stands out is that it's entirely in black and white. So um, what's the what was the reasoning for that? There really it really wasn't. Um... We didn't really put a lot of thought in that, or I didn't put a lot of thought in that. When I started conducting the, the interviews and um, we would bring them in, uh, I just started looking at them in black and white, and, and I was like, it just felt right. It always felt right from the get-go. Um, I, I, I didn't, you know, there isn't some big, you know, metaphor behind it. I just thought the film looked looked better in black and white. Um and I followed my gut on it. A lot of the, the, the process in making this film is, you know, I was, you know, I, I was a commercial director um, leading up to this, you know, for, for the, you know, 10 years before this, I was in television commercials and um, I felt like, you know, commercial production is very gluttonous and, you know, there's a lot of waste and it's, it, I kind of wanted to get away from that. So when we, when we, started uncle tom i i wanted to strip everything away so maybe you know as far as like uh we had one light one camera and one microphone when we started it because i didn't want it to to be a giant production and as far as like getting to the black and white aspect it just felt right so once we once we shot uh eugene and pastor broden and and chad I cut the initial thing in black and white, and then that was it. It never, it never wavered from that. Um, there is a splash of color in the middle of the film. Um, yeah. But that, you know, that that the the old home movies that I had found of Black America from the 40s, 50s, 60s, um, it just felt like I didn't want to strip the color out of that. There's something about that, and I, I so that that is the splash of color, but. Yeah. The film just always wasn't black and white, and the film was always called Uncle Tom from the get go. It, it, it wasn't there wasn't a lot of thought into it. It was just like this film is, it just felt right, you know. And I guess it's working because I mean no one's really complaining about it. So <laughs> yeah, it, it was funny watching it. Yeah, when the color comes in, like oh, <laughs> and then um, but you know, because I didn't know how I was gonna you know, the whole film was going to be this way. So when color comes in, I'm like, oh, okay. And, oh, then it's back to black and white. I'm like, oh. And, and it, it kind of, well, to me, when the color um, comes in, it kind of adds a little more importance to that particular scene because it's like, oh, okay, it seems like this, like I really need to pay attention to this because it's in color. <laughs> yeah, it's my that's my favorite part of the whole movie, that whole, that whole scene um, on fatherlessness. Um that, that I would I would say that's probably the most that's probably the best work I've ever done. I, that that whole moment with uh with Bob Woodson uh, mm -hmm. ex explaining Black America leading up to uh, the '60s is just I mean I, I'm very proud of that moment. Commentary as subtle as a sledgehammer. This is Trend Chat. This is Lacey Williams, the founder and president of Expressions Magazine, letting you know that you can order our quarterly magazine and support female conservatives by visiting express-conservatism.com or you can follow us on social media on Instagram with the username of expressions underscore conserve mag or on Twitter with the handle of at express underscore conserve. Get your copy today. This, well, this is not a criticism. It's just it's more of a uh, uh, an additional context i guess i was looking for in and watching it is um i i, I kind of wanted to 
in, in watching the whole film, I was kind of wondering if if the origin of the term Uncle Tom was going to be talked about. <laughs> and um, because given the fact that the whole you know the film is called Uncle Tom, and Chad alluded to it just a little bit in the beginning about uh, I think he, I think he said like I feel pity on people who who use that term because they haven't read the book, and and I was kind of hoping somewhere down the line that there would be a little bit of the origin, like from how did it come from the the book to where now it's pretty much it's used as a derogatory you know term. Yeah, that that was a scene that that existed, and you know when you're when you're making a documentary, you got to make hard decisions, you know. At yeah. one point, the film was over three hours long. Um, so the film, the, the, the scene does exist. Um, okay. You know, uh, so what we're planning on doing, there's a, there's a lot of material that just did not make it into the, the, the feature, the, the, the cut. So yeah, I heard the, I heard the Q and a, um, cause I, well, I, uh, anyone that don't know. So I saw it at the U S um, uh, film festival in Dallas and, um, I heard in the Q&A that, that y'all had a lot of. <laughs> yes, sir. And so, you know, we're, we're planning on uh, figuring out how to get those deleted scenes to the public. Um, so as we probably get closer into September and October, we'll have a game plan on, on releasing a lot of that. Right now we're just enjoying that the film is, you know, getting legs and, and the word of mouth and the momentum has been phenomenal. And, so you know, right now we're just you know, like I said, I'm on I'm on a little vacay. I I needed a little break, so uh, I actually came up here to Colorado to, with my son to just kind of get some fresh air and get my get my thoughts gathered. But yeah, the, the, as far as the 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 origins of um of the name Uncle Tom, um just when we were you know when we were coming down to the to the wire, um, I felt like there was other things that were more important, um, and I didn't want to like. I knew that the, I knew that the material that wasn't going to make it into the uh, the feature was going to get to the public, um, so I, I didn't stress it a lot. Um, but I couldn't have added another five or ten minutes into the film. Um, we're you know right now it's sitting at 105 minutes, and for a documentary that you know that's a, that's a that's a lengthy documentary for for one sitting, and it's also when you're watching it. Um, I feel like the film has so much content inside of it that it, it's not, it never gets boring, but it does get exhausting because you're just getting hit with so much. So I really had to strip down some of the, the scenes because, you know, to throw more storylines at the audience, I, I, I think I would have lost them. So, to, you know, answer your question that, that the origins of the story does exist. The scene does exist. So I would say just, uh, just be patient, and we're gonna start uh, bringing out a lot of these deleted scenes um, somewhere, sometime in September, October. Well, I, well, you know, I, I would just say for um for myself, like I am the wrong person to come to. Like, if you wanted to get some advice as far as how long what should be taken out, what shouldn't, I'm the wrong person for that because I'll probably have like, no, just keep it all in there. I want a three hour movie. So, so I know I talked to a director that did the. Um, to the director for um, uh, Michael Pack for uh, Clarence Thomas uh, documentary, I spoke with him, and I mentioned in, he mentioned in the interview that you know this is like a three-hour interview, and I was asking about was he gonna, uh, were they going into talking about Supreme Court cases and all that, but he said like, well, that's like two or three hours. I'm like, well, I want to watch that. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, 
him. So I, I'm the wrong person for that because I, I know I understand exactly what you're saying because that would be a lot, and, and a lot of people would be lost. I'm just saying I wouldn't be one of them. So. Yeah, well, the film was originally intended for a theatrical release, um, and, you know, obviously the COVID uh, pandemic yeah. kind of ruined that. But, you know, we, we didn't have any intentions on releasing it online uh initially you know we built the film to be a theatrical release um so it was nice to actually for that the usa film festival did actually um happen this year because it was nice to sit in a theater and watch it you know um as a filmmaker you want to see your film on the big screen and get that get that theatrical feeling um but as far as the length of it like you know when we were when we were shaping the story and building it um, it, 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 we were building it for, um, you know, a theatrical release. So like the length of, and all that was, was put into consideration, uh, during that process. But, you know, as far as your audience and, you know, anyone listening to this, uh, we have, uh, all, you know, we intend to release, um, a lot of additional material. There's, there's a lot of it, but right now, again, we just, we're letting the, the film kind of kind of grow we're letting it get on everyone's radar uh building the fan base around it getting awareness on it and then we'll we'll figure out the best way to make sure that everyone that wants more um information and more uh material uh like yourself the podcast junkies of the world we'll uh (laughs) we'll start unloading um, a lot of a lot more material for everybody now given that the um, most major theaters are still closed um are you st- still looking to do a, a theatrical release or no? Okay. No, it's it's out. I mean, it's out. We 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 made the decision. Uh, we didn't want to sit on it. Uh, there was a you know a couple month period where we 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 had hope that um, you know from April to May we, we were thinking maybe the theaters would open back up. Um, but once Colonel West came to me. Uh, with the idea of, of releasing it on Juneteenth, and we had a conversation about that. Um, that's when we kind of just, you know, accepted that the theatrical thing. Uh, we weren't, we, we didn't want to gamble waiting for it because here we are in July and we still don't know. So, yeah. uh, that's whenever we kind of decided, well, let's just release it online. And uh, and we did, and so that's when we geared up for the Juneteenth release, which was uh, Colonel West idea. Okay, yeah, yeah, and I was able to, well, for myself, first time for me watching it was the week after was at the at the festival, and then uh, <laughs> and right after that, I was wondering because when I I didn't know where any physical copies going to be sold there, so I wanted to wait until I went there. But as soon as um after the film, I, I bought it. And also got a physical copy as well. <laughs> so, but um, one yeah, thing I, uh, I, didn't, I didn't think people would uh, I didn't think people still use DVDs and Blu-rays. But I mean, we're selling a lot of them. So I was kind of fascinated when we when we decided to do the DVD run. Um, but and it's nice. It's nice. The the cool thing about the physical copy is that um, you know, if if the film were to ever be shut down by you know any of the tech companies there's still physical copies and there's something beautiful about that um, oh yeah yeah oh uh, yeah well I, well i have the the streaming so I, yeah that's how i'm using it um, the dvd is being sent out to family and friends 
No, that's but that's great. And <laughs> a lot of other people are buying DVDs uh, for uh, family and friends because if you if you read the comments or the reviews on IMDb, I mean, <laughs> this movie is really touching a lot of people. And 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 you know, I knew that it was going to be a kind of a shock to the system just because you know when you're editing a film for months and months and months you know you're you're looking at the same thing over and over and over again but i never i never got bored with it i never got you know so i knew that if it could keep my attention for that long and still entertain me once i got it into a concentrated you know 105 minutes that it was going to it was going to rock people's world and i think it is and, and and so it's nice to see that a lot of it's not just people are are reacting to the film personally they're reacting to the film and then wanting to share it and so i think that's why we're we're seeing uh kind of this grassroots word of mouth um thing spread i mean every day more and more people are watching it and, and, and reviewing it so you know i'm i'm really excited it hasn't gotten uh, really hardly any mainstream media attention uh, the Chicago Tribune wrote about it. An actual, they wrote a positive review on it, which was 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 nice. Um, I think as we get closer to the election, and I think that the mainstream media will eventually pick it up, and how they react to it, I don't know. Uh, but the good thing is that um, the film has a, a really solid uh, support system behind it now, and it and it's organic and it's real. So I'm, I'm very happy about that. Well, yeah, I, as I mentioned in the last in, um, last episode, is that, you know, the first thing I said in the last episode, everyone go see Uncle Tom. <laughs> um, and and I will say that again. And I know one thing, well, I guess one last question is, so in this time, I guess, of representation is like considered so important and all that. Uh, I'm pretty sure, I don't know how many interviews you've done, but, I'm pretty sure someone maybe had brought up the fact that said, oh, why is a white man telling a story about black people? Why couldn't it be a black person or something like that? And and for some reason want to make that, want to discount what you've done just because you're white. So, yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I thought about that while I was making it, but I, I think that's just silly because, you know, I'm a filmmaker. Um, I felt moved to tell this story, you know, Um None of the black directors that I know of were wanting to tell the story of black conservatives, you know. And I mean, if you think about it, it uh, you know, did they say that when Spielberg made Amistad or The Color Purple? Or I mean, it's just a silly thing to say because I, I, I don't think the film industry should be segregated. Um, I think if you're a storyteller and you have a vision for the story, you should be allowed to tell that story. Um I think, you know, I thought that that people were going to say that a lot more. Um, I'm sure it will, it will, it will uh, come up a lot more, especially once the the mainstream media gets a hold of it. Um, but I, I've already made peace with that. I'm proud of the film. I've made uh, lifelong friends with the people in in this film. Um, so, you know, well, what, what do you think about it being being a black man? Like, does it bother you that oh, a white director that no. made this film? Absolutely not. It doesn't bother me not one bit because, and you mentioned Spielberg doing Amistad. Um, I don't think he could do it this, at this time. Like in 2020, if he came out saying he was going to do a movie like you know like Amistad, he would get just berated online to the point that where he'll probably have to back away from the film. But and that's sad. 
but isn't it silly? Like, wouldn't that be the same as you can only have black people on your podcast, or Don Lemon can only have black people on his on his program? It, it doesn't make sense, you know. I, no, it doesn't. No. <laughs> when we uh, when we uh, had rats uh, shooting, we went out to D.C. and shot the uh, the Young Black Leadership Summit, and. I was having dinner with Larry Elder uh, at the Hilton and we had, you know, we were kind of celebrating that we had kind of finished shooting the film and, you know, and Larry's like, I, I wonder if it, you being white uh, helped you because of the curiosity and, and, you know, because sometimes, you know, when you're in your own little bubble, you don't see the big picture. I had a curiosity because it was like, why, it really was like, why can't black people be Republicans? Like that is that simple question was really driving me like that is so silly like why can't black people be republicans without without being criticized um so larry 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 you know who really doesn't focus on race much at all uh he's like i'm i think it i think it it, it might have helped you because you're an outsider coming in and i can tell you that every interview that i conducted every one of them uh everybody that's in this film and even the people that unfortunately didn't make it in that i did sit down and interview were ready to tell this story not one person had a problem with me being white. Not one person. Um, and, and, and that's something that I thought was beautiful about the process is that everybody was confident in their beliefs. Everybody was rooted in faith. Everyone had, had their, their foundation and everyone was ready to tell this story. And, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, I was, I was, I was called to, to, to do it. It was on my heart. I followed it. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's, it's a genuine question that you're asking. I think that people are going to probably use that against me. Um, but I find the film to be very positive and I find the film to celebrate black America like no other film I've ever seen. So if they have a problem with it, then that's on them. But, you know, I went through those emotions while I was making it, you know, I went through fear and what am I doing? But those are all gone now. And, and, and. I'm proud of the work and, and I have, you know, you know, the film's out there now, so it's too late. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it seems like, especially right now, especially in the past couple of months, um, with everything, with the protests and riots and all that, um, it's, it's become even more um, of a focus where you're seeing people in Hollywood that are, that are um, turning down roles or walking away from roles that, that just because they uh, maybe are not, the color of the character or something like that, or it seems like to, to me, all of this is basically coming down there. They're valuing representation over quality, really. But the, the, the priority is representation. And as long as we got that, you know, whatever. However, if it's good or bad, we don't care. We just want to make sure there is representation is correct. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a mess, man. And it's like, to me, it's like we're self-segregating and it's ridiculous. It's like, like, who's the best person for the job? What's the story that you got to tell? Like, I mean, personally, I wish we could just, like, that race was a non-issue altogether. You know, I mean, it, it's, 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 it's done. It's outdated. I think we've moved past that, but they keep, they keep stirring it up and keep stirring it up. So, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'm ready to, to take those arrows when they come flying at me, but no. I mean, I think the film was important uh, to be made. Um, you know, I can't help that I was born white and I can't help that I was <laughs> called to make this film. Um, 
but you know uh, when i was when i was making it um i always was my concern was with who was in the film how did, how are they going to feel about it because it was their story and yeah. and to me everyone in the film uh feels that they were treated fairly everyone feels that they were represented well so that's who I'm, you know, that's who, who my allegiance is to, uh, because I, I was just, you know, lucky enough to, 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 to get this story. I mean, I, it's, it's crazy because it's been in front of us for all this time and I was lucky enough to just grab it. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if ever, as long as everyone that's in the film feels that, that their story was told, uh, correctly and fairly, then I guess, you know, all the naysayers, if, if they're going to come at me, then that's just, that's just, you know, part of oh, well. the process. This is Trend Chat. Hello, Trend Chat fans. The Founding Project invites you to experience our latest resource to take civics to citizens, TFP's new website. Visit us at www.thefoundingproject.com. Be a part of the civics movement with The Founding Project. The Founding Project is a 501c3 education nonprofit. Join us today. But I mean, this is, um, you know, I, I can't say enough. This is a, a great film. I think everyone wants to see it. I think it's it's, it's particularly timely um, in the sense of when this interview will be, um, be posted because it just had something recently where you had Snoop Dogg going on Instagram, um, basically basically doing what, what was mentioned in this film where he was just going after black Republicans just because they're just because they're Republicans, just because they're they're conservative. And you know, so a film like this kinda really highlights because um, in his post, uh, Candace was one of the um, people he put on that post and I forgot who else was on it, but that was in the film. I think she might have been on the one. But yeah, so People really need to watch Uncle Tom. You know, I say you listen to this. Yeah, I hope Snoop Dogg watches it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I would, I would hope, I would hope, but you know, I, I kind of doubt it. Doubt he would, but even give us time of day. Um, it, it's kind of like when you mentioned about any black filmmakers even wanting to do anything, um, anything like this about black conservatives. You, you know, I could imagine some may want to do it but it would be and it'll be slanted to where it'll basically just be uh just you know demeaning us all the way through you know i could see yeah. spike lee doing something like this you know where he'll talk about black conservatives but he'll be talking about about it where you know where we're all pretty much uncle toms and just wanting to curry favor with the white man and all that and that's what the whole film will be about well i, and, I um, really i really hope um because you know i, I, I I hope Spike Lee watches this film, and I mean, I don't want you know a, a bombastic film that's just gonna piss people off. It's, I mean, I, it's a beautiful story, and it's like, let's just chill. Like, it, isn't it good news that that people can be self empowered and 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 pull themselves up? Like, that's what I, I mean. I think the film is very positive. It's like, don't you want that? Don't, I mean, don't we want to be at peace in America? Don't we want to? have a strong country don't we want to be united i mean that's why you know i i hope snoop and i hope you know spike watch this film and i hope they watch it with an open mind um, i mean oh good no that, i mean that's it i mean I, I i you know i know people are gonna you know come after it 
But what's interesting is that, you know, and I'm, I'm going to knock on wood, but really the reviews have been pretty positive. I mean, there have been some, some uh, left-leaning reviews, and nobody's really, you know, bashed the film. You know, there's been people that say, you know, I don't like Candace Owens or I don't like Larry Elder, but the film was good. So, you know, as long as it's a conversation starter, um, you know, and I, I, I'm not an activist, so I didn't make this to, to get the attention, you know, to like. But it is a beautiful story, and I, I pray that people like Snoop can can find it. And just be like, hmm, I never thought about that. You know, like, isn't it isn't it amazing to see somebody successful? Like, isn't it amazing to see someone like Herman Cain, uh, you know, come out of the Jim Crow South and go on to be one of the greatest CEOs this country ever produced? I mean, isn't that something to, to, to celebrate? Yeah, it, it should be. And honestly, this sh- this shouldn't be controversial either. Um the fact that you even have, the fact that you're making this film and it's and some will consider it like you know somewhere like oh I, this is a controversial film where I, I can imagine someone if someone reviewing the film would want to call it controversial just because of the subject matter or something like that but you know Hollywood loves to talk about diversity 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 I mean like I said in the past, especially in the past couple of months it's all about diversity but all the, but the diversity that they're talking about is really superficial. Because it's all, it could have just one, have they? <laughs> no, no. Because it, I, like I say it's all superficial because it's it's skin deep. Because all they want is that you know they don't want no diversity of thought. Well, I I hope that you know I mean I don't I don't think that a film can save the world, but you know I hope that it at least can calm people down and like let's just have a conversation. It, like you said, yeah. it's not that controversial. Like we need to just chill out. You know, let's just chill out and, 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 you know, if, 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 if something, if this film can do a little bit to, to get people to open their mind a little bit and like, let's stop dividing ourselves, then, I mean, I would, that would make me feel better than any, anything. That would be very, I'd feel very successful if, if, if it, and it seems to be doing that. I mean, I don't know. I mean, we're still in the beginning stages, but like I said, every day I'm, I'm getting more and more messages and they're very, very positive. So, um, you know, I'll just, I'll accept it as a win for now, but you know, and if, if the negativity starts coming at me, then, you know, like I said before, I'm, I'm prepared for that. Well, I don't want to take a, take a bit more time on your vacation, but just want to ask. So, so what's next for you? You know, I got a couple of things uh, I'm thinking about, so uh, nothing definitive right now. I think what what I'd like to do is just uh, kind of nurture Uncle Tom for the next couple months. Uh, like we self-released it, so I still have work to do. Uh, me and my team are, are still, you know, we're, we're doing all the work, so you know, I want to make sure that um, we can get the word out through social media. Uh, Larry Elder's been doing an interview almost every day, uh, sometimes several, and. You know, I'm going to do things like your podcast and, and, and other things like that. So um, I think, you know, for the next couple of months, I want to just make sure that uh, we can nurture Uncle Tom and, and make sure that as many people uh, around the world can see it. Um, and then I'll probably, you know, take a little break and, and see what happens next, you know. But I'm enjoying I'm enjoying the ride right now. And, and I, I don't want to I don't want to overthink things. I want to just kind of take it one day at a time. All right. Well, if people want to connect with you on social media and also, you know, where they get where they can watch the film as well, where would they go? 
Uh, everything's at UncleTom.com. So they can they can link up on all of our social there. Um, there's an email list that I would uh, have your audience sign up for. Um, we're going to do some really cool stuff, uh, some really cool uh, merchandise and some promo stuff. Uh, we have a really talented art director on our team that's making some really, really nice collectible posters. And we have some autographed posters that are going to be coming out. Um, and yeah, all of our Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, all that's uh, at UncleTom.com. And you can actually purchase the film and uh, purchase a stream or purchase a DVD uh, at UncleTom.com. So everything, that's the hub. And uh, we actually acquired that domain, and um, we're going to keep everything central there and uh, hopefully expand it with, like I said, the uh, additional material that we have, and, and, and hopefully it'll grow into like a, you know, a think tank for in the future. So black conservatives kind of have a hub. All right. Well, Justin, thanks so much for your time. I, you know, again, the film is great. Everyone, you know, go out and just, um, you know, you should be proud of, your, of the film because it's a great film. And, um, you know, so just thanks for coming on and we hope to talk with you again soon. Anytime, man. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate you. What's going on, y'all? This is Brandon Tatum. Make sure you go to Trend Chat. Check it out. Listen to it. One of the best shows that I've ever been on. So make sure you go check it out, man. God bless y'all. All right. So thanks to Justin for joining us. And so... Appreciate everyone listening, and I like I said, I really, <laughs> um, I tried my best to fix my audio as far as how, how I was coming across. I'm, I was just listening back to that now, just like man, it sounded like I was screaming in the microphone. All right, so um, um, just want to mention before we go, this is um that if I if I haven't mentioned before, which I don't think I have actually, is that um I am an advisor with um, Blexit Texas, so I know. Uh, we we mentioned about Blexit a little bit in the interview. Um, so uh, Blexit Texas is a, a chapter from Blexit Foundation and you know the whole Blexit movement, which was uh, co-founded by Candace Owens and Brandon Tatum, who you just heard from just then. And so I'm an advisor there, and I'm also <laughs> on top of doing this podcast. I also have um, joined and participated in, in the podcast with. Uh, Blexit Texas called Liberty and Freedom or Freedom and Liberty. We're we're kind of going back and forth which one it's going to be. I don't I, or I or I haven't figured out which one it's going to be. Um, so yeah, so right now it's uh, me and Harper Price uh, that are hosting that podcast, and we're looking to do it every Sunday afternoon or Sunday night at seven. So if you're listening to this, and go to Blexit Texas uh, on Facebook and and catch it there. So. <clears throat> So again, I appreciate everyone listening, and I preach, you know, as I mentioned, all the uh, different, uh, you know, uh, countries across the globe and, and also across the country. Uh, we planned this, so so we didn't play this last episode uh, coming up on Fourth of July, Independence Day. So we're going to end off with a song, the only song we could play that we have permission to play. And it's a good song because it's from West Cook Band. So it's called Stand for the Flag. And we're just going to go out with this. And until next time, we'll chat with you later. Like the red, white, and blue. 
Might be a little bit different, but we're all the same too. Cause the stars and stripes are so much more than that old piece of cloth on your grandma's porch. It gave us that American dream to be anything that we want to be. It don't matter where you are from a one-room church to an uptown bar. Don't care if you're black or white or who you love. I stand for the flag and the flag stands for all of us. For the teachers of today, for the leaders of tomorrow, for long-haul driving truckers, Rolling all night hauling cargo The banker pays the farmer Who feeds the factory working man While a preacher talks to Jesus About his son in Afghanistan We all need each other Like an apple needs a pine That's just another day If you love scratches from the Virginia Lottery, you'll love the high roller blackjack scratcher with a chance to win up to ten times your prize. Look for it at your favorite Virginia Lottery retailer. In fact, you can drive there right now. Now that's an everyday win. Odds of winning any prize, 1 in 4.16. Winning comes in all shapes and sizes. It's different for everyone. One thing is certain, every day there's an opportunity for a win. Just like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Everyday grab-and-go, everyday giftable, everyday fun. It's where anticipation meets instant gratification. Like the new Virginia Lottery Scratcher High Roller Blackjack, with a chance to win up to 10 times your prize. Now, that's an everyday win. Drive to a retailer near you. Odds of winning any prize, 1 in 4.16.